0: I'm always right. I am always right. Yeah. I'm confident. <laughs> confident. So. Welcome to the React Native Nerds podcast. I'm Spencer. And I'm John. Join us as we dive into topics you need to know about to become a better developer. Hey, welcome to React Native Nerds episode 007. I am Wheat, <laughs> John Wheat. And joining me as always is Carly, Spencer Carly. Hey, man, <laughs> nice. how you doing?
1: I'm good. How about you? I like the intro.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to mix it up a little bit. Good Keep stuff. Keep it fun. So things are going well over there? Down oh yeah. Here, I guess. Yeah. Chugging
1: along. Uh, we've had a nice like cool week, which the the Tennessee uh, summer has been here. It's been very muggy. Um, so we've kind of gotten it relaxed a little bit and it's been nice. Had the opportunity to work outside a couple of times, which i always very grateful for. Yeah. How have things been with you?
0: Well, uh, really, really hectic. Um the cat's out of the bag we are moving to Georgia and Exciting so we spent times. the last the last weekend down there and they've had unseasonably nice summer so far so okay. i have not experienced the nasty hot humid georgia summer yet <laughs> um but you can imagine all the craziness when you're getting ready to move all of the things you do or that you've neglected to do to your house over <laughs> the many years that you've lived there i mean we're painting doors we're filling in nail holes in the trim that we never did, and, you know, all that sort of crazy stuff is going on, and then on top of that, my son is getting married this weekend, so, you know, it's just absolutely crazy. (laughs) Yeah, I imagine. Driving up to Boston tomorrow, and uh, the wedding is on Sunday, so it's been really nuts. Yeah. North and South, like my kids couldn't have moved closer together. (laughs) Almost at opposite ends or top and bottom, you know, I guess they could each go one state further, Florida and Maine, (laughs) um, but dang, it's, it's crazy. So yeah,
1: yeah, it's been nuts. When, when is the move scheduled to happen?
0: Um, let's see, we don't close. Uh, we bought a bed and breakfast down there and we're going to keep it a bed and breakfast. So that'd be kind of neat. Um, I'm lucky enough to be able to work remote at my current job. So I'll keep that. And my wife will be the majority runner of the business down there okay and i'll just help out help out when needed of course the website for it is pretty drab so <laughs> unfortunately um i'll be redoing the website and you know that sort of techie stuff helping her out with the reservation system and you know all that sort of stuff Fine. but uh, we yeah we close mid-july um there's an innkeeper that lives there now and we're going to keep her on staff so there's really no rush for us to move down so we'll probably wait until um, you know, the house sells before mm-hmm. we do that. She might, my wife might head down if, you know, once we get the house listed and all, all of these little details and things are done. Um, so we'll just see what happens, but we'll probably, I'm guessing August. Okay. I guess it could be September. It's uh, exciting. You know, I, I just started a new job last September, the same time my, my daughter moved down to Georgia. My son graduated, moved up to Boston and now we're selling and moving down. So I feel like, I don't know, totally new, new era of my life.
1: Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. So what about on the news front? What do we got there?
0: Listeners don't know this. We recorded yesterday and uh, did a rundown of iOS 14. So if you've listened to episode six, you heard about that and uh, no real news going on, but I did find a really cool project on uh, Reddit and it is Spotify Lite. It's actually a really interesting project It's not as fully featured as the actual Spotify app. I mean, obviously that's why I call it Spotify Lite. I have no idea if there is any sort of legal issues with doing this. I mean, it is a complete knockoff. It is gorgeous. It looks just like the Spotify app. If you didn't know better, it looks just like it. And um, so while I don't necessarily recommend you pulling this down and tweaking it and pushing it up to the app store, it's a really (laughs) neat project to take a look at and see how he did stuff. There's some really nice looking components in there. Um, He did it in TypeScript. So buckle up if you're not a TypeScript person because there's a lot of TypeScript component files and the like, but it's a really neat, neatly structured project, just very elegantly designed. I mean, I guess I really like the the actual Spotify app Mm -hmm. and that design and the colors and the contrast and all that sort of thing. And he just carried all that through. And if you didn't know better, you know, you would think this was the legit Spotify app. So that's kind of a cool project to take a look at.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Side note, are you a TypeScript guy?
0: I am not. Okay. Um, I know very little about it. And, uh, you know, so I've played, you know, I think we've talked about doing an episode on uh, React Native templates and template systems and, you know, starter apps and all that Mm -hmm. sort of thing. And uh, Infinite Red has one out there and i took a look at that but that's typescript and i just didn't know what to do i'm, I'm ashamed to say that uh, i just didn't know yeah i am so in that, mean that's that's on my my huge list of things that i need to learn i'm sure listeners have been keeping track at home and uh have to whip out a new legal pad <laughs> you know to add this one to the list but yeah typescript i i don't know
1: yeah yeah i'm, I'm the yeah. same like it's something i i wanted to learn for years at this point but it's just every time I dive into it, it's just a little bit too much. and I'm like, eh, I could learn it or I could just do what I wanted to do in the first place and know how to do it.
0: So I know what we can do. We can create a React Native reactnativetypescriptschool.com <laughs> and I will mirror all of your apps and I will do all of your lessons in TypeScript. There we go. <laughs> and, and so if you want to do your stuff in TypeScript, you know, you go over to this one. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't even know where to start.
1: I, yeah I really that's wouldn't. the problem it's it's like looking at a blank piece of paper it's just getting started with typescript has been tough um like it's one of those things where like i can read it like you know i can read a little bit of spanish i can't speak it but i can read a little bit of it and that's kind of what it's like with typescript like i can understand what's going on but when it comes to me constructing you know a sentence uh or you know actually writing a component with it that's where it starts to get tough and i've seen Seems to be that's kind of a consensus. Consensus where there's just a a moment where it clicks, and I just haven't hit that point yet. And I mean, if
0: I'm being honest, and um, you know, don't don't hate me for this, I don't necessarily see the reason to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's strongly typed. I admit I don't know why that's a benefit. I mean, okay. I haven't had any real issues with. Stuff, but then again, I'm a solo developer, so you know nobody else is using my my code. I'm not necessarily accessing somebody else's code, so I know the arguments I'm passing, and they're always right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm always right. I am always right. Yeah, right. confident. No, um, pompous. I think I've been called. Pompous <laughs> ass.
1: Yeah. So today we're going to be talking about uh, just kind of from a high level touchables they're a very straightforward thing uh, that you know we all use we all are taking some sort of user interaction and touchable is the basis of it but once you start diving into it you'll see there's at least four different touchable components built into react native and today we're just going to discuss when do we use which ones kind of how they're built and then what to know about them Uh, so john when you create a button in react native how are you doing it typically touchable opacity Okay. That's
0: my my go to. Until I read the blog post in the show notes, didn't even realize that there are other ones or what the differences were. Okay. You know, I think I, I learned touchable opacity and that's what I use everywhere. If if I just have an area that you touch, you know, to drag, you know, or whatever, that's that's what I use.
1: Okay. Yeah, so a lot of this discussion we're going to be having today is based off of a blog post a former coworker of mine wrote. I think back in like 2016 or something. And it's just really insightful on building cross-platform apps, um, different considerations. That's cool. I didn't
0: I didn't realize he was a coworker.
1: Yeah, yeah. I got to work with him. I think I was working with him when I first started with React Native, so we kind of learned a lot of this together. But he's a super, super talented guy. Actually, I got to catch up with him. But um, yeah, we'll have this blog post in the description or the show notes. It's pretty short, um, but it covers touchables. It covers text and just a lot of cross-platform stuff and how to structure your components, be it a button or whatever, uh, to work really well cross-platform, but still be easy to use like any other component. So highly suggest that, and that's what a lot of this discussion is based off of. But looking at the touchable components that we've got, uh, when you look at it, like you said, people are typically going to reach for touchable opacity. I do the same thing most of the time I use it. um, But we've got four options. We've got the touchable without feedback, touchable highlight, touchable opacity, and then a touchable native feedback. And then when you throw that out there, it's like, oh, you know, which one do I use? So the way touchables are kind of structured, it all starts with this touchable without feedback. That's kind of the, the component, everything is built on top of, uh, this is where all your props are defined, your on press, on long press, all your accessibility stuff, all these things that you need to make a button work. But as you may guess from the name. It doesn't provide any feedback. So, all it's doing is adding the handlers to a component to respond to a touch event. It doesn't give a user any feedback on they touched it, despite it calling that on press or on long press. So, with that, there's not really any reason to use it directly because it provides no feedback. Uh, but it does provide all that stuff to build on top of it. That said, uh, something I do like to use a but without feedback for is to like enable any hidden features so sometimes in apps i'll add like a you know if you long press on a section header then it'll like turn on beta mode or something and i'll use a touchable without feedback for that just to kind of keep that as hush hush as quiet as as uh secret as i possibly can so you only know it's there if you have been told Um, oh that's cool yeah I, i do that a lot like for example, I talk about code push using that a lot for beta testing. And that's typically the way I'll switch between a production or a staging, like where I'm pointing that code push API key where it's pulling from. I'll i I'll hide somewhere in the app, just a way to turn on beta testing. I'd love to be able to do like some sort of Konami code within an app, but I haven't figured out how to do that in a touchable <laughs> way yet. So this is my stopgap solution until right. I figure that out. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you got to yeah. put um, four different touch points on your screen, you know, and a layer above your app, and then uh, you touch in a secret code, and it unlocks another screen. Totally yeah. cool. Yeah,
1: that would be fun. That'll be that could be. Maybe there's a package out there. I'll we'll ha- I'll have to look into that to see if there's a way to. I think imple- we need to connect. create
0: that package.
1: Yeah, if not, that'll be the first React Native nerds uh, package. Yeah, yeah. So, with that said. Once you get beyond the Touchable without feedback, kind of understanding that, and one more thing on that is, if you ever want to do anything advanced with a Touchable component, and it seems like a Touchable highlight or a or native feedback doesn't do that, go over to the Touchable without feedback, because all those other ones inherit all those props, and see if it has what you need in there. So if you're looking for accessibility, Touchable highlight's not going to have that in its documentation, but if you go to Touchable without feedback, that's where you'll find all that accessibility documentation and go along with it do these other
0: um, touchables sort of extend touchable without feedback
1: yeah exactly okay Mm -hmm. that's how that works yeah yeah and then the next two that you're going to use most of the time these are primarily geared towards ios but you can use them on android it's just not the typical touchable experience that someone may be used to Um, and that's the touchable highlight and touchable opacity and surface level they're pretty much the same it's just a UI decision or UX decision that determines which one you're going to choose. So you've got the touchable highlight, and the touchable highlight is going to darken the background. And when you're typically going to use that is if you have some sort of button that is just text with no background color. Uh, That way, when someone taps it, they can see that tappable area. So if you've got like a list of items with just a white background and someone taps one of those items, Uh, touchable highlight is likely what you're going to want to choose there.
0: Yeah, and I'm just looking at the docs for that. And uh, you can specify the underlay color and active opacity for those. Mm -hmm. I was just curious, you know, how um, customizable that actually is.
1: I think I just said that backwards. Did I say touchable highlight or touchable opacity? Oh, I'm sorry. I think you were on highlight. Okay, so I said that backwards. What I was just describing was touchable opacity. So touchable opacity, it's going to see it. It's still confusing to me. I've been writing this (laughs) stuff for like five years and I, I still can't keep this straight. That's why I have like that blog post always available for, for reference. So let me try that again. So we've got a touchable opacity and this touchable opacity is going to be for your standalone text or icons where there's no background color. It's just going to increase the opacity of whatever they tapped on. So you say a button has you know, just text that says click me, there's no background color, that's where you're going to use that touchable opacity to show there's some sort of interaction happening with that element. On the other side there's touchable highlight and that's where you're darkening the background color. So let's say I have a button that has that iOS blue and it says click me. I press that and rather than lighten- making everything more light or increasing the opacity, we're going to darken that background color to show, again, that interaction. So that's really the the big thing. Touchable highlight, you're going to use if you have a background color. Touchable opacity, you're going to use if there is no background color.
0: Okay, got it. That makes sense.
1: So those are both primarily iOS. I'll fully admit I typically use those on Android as well because I forget that touchable native feedback does exist. And what touchable native feedback does is actually gives you that uh, ripple effect that you may see when you press pretty much any button in android you just get that little uh, ripple that radiates out from wherever you touched that interactive component um, and that's pretty much all it does different it's just a different way of doing the animation like we've got with a highlight or opacity native feedback is just going to give you that native android feedback that android users are used to and with that Unlike the touchable highlight and opacity, which are primarily geared towards iOS, but work on Android, a touchable native feedback is only going to work on Android. So if you're using it, you're going to need to, say you're building a button component, you'll want to use the platform API to determine if you're on iOS, use a touchable opacity or touchable highlight, whichever is most appropriate, or on Android, use that touchable native feedback.
0: I'm looking to see if anyone has created that ripple for iOS.
1: Um, it looks like somebody did. Of course. So there you go. If you, if you like that
0: ripple, <laughs> you can do that uh, cross platform with, with something else.
1: Um, I know we've talked about this, I think, in earlier episodes, but this is one of those little things that legitimizes React Native development. It makes it. Yes, there's that word. Yeah. I think we exactly. missed that word last episode. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got to have a counter how many times we, we say it. But, you know, it's these, it's these little things that we have to consider to make our app. Feel as as though it belongs on that platform, 100%. Because despite us writing shared code, that 90% works across platform, uh, we do still want to make our app feel as though it completely belongs and was built for iOS, or completely belongs and was built for Android. And like these little intricacies of using the correct touchable for whatever interaction you're doing is one of those places that can really make a very visible impact for all the users that are using whereas like before we talked about accessibility, those are gonna be for users who are you know using screen readers or whatever it may be. Um, this is another one of those things that legitimizes React native development shows that we actually know how to uh, build real quality mobile apps.
0: Right. So in that case you don't want to do the ripple yeah. on iOS because that's not the <laughs> standard standard type of also, thing. Also I know
1: I, I don't know. It might just me be, be me being an iOS user for however many years. Uh, I just don't, I don't like the, the ripple effect that Android has. I can't say I really like material design much in general, but uh, I want to not alienate a lot of our uh, listeners, so I won't uh, go into my gripes with material design too much.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, send us your opinions on material <laughs> design. Well, that's cool. I mean, yeah, I could see where I would use touchable highlight in the future. You know, like I said, I've always used opacity, even on buttons, you know, not just standalone mm-hmm. text.
1: Yeah. And then something else to consider, and I do this a lot, is like, if I'm ever questioning which one to use, I'll just go ahead and open up one of the default Apple apps, use settings or whatever it may be, take a look at it, see how they implemented it, and do they darken the background or do they make the text, increase the text opacity? And that's just another way to quickly reference uh, which touchable do I actually want to use in this case. And
0: you can wrap just about anything in a touchable. It doesn't have to be a button. You can wrap a view, uh, text, mm-hmm. like you mentioned, icons, you know, and so, images. So they're very, very yeah. flexible.
1: Yeah. One thing, actually, this is this is something I've never quite understood. But with, I, I don't remember if it's touchable highlight or touchable opacity. One of them only accepts one child uh, to be inside of it. So, if you have, for example, a button that has text and an icon you'll typically have to wrap it in a view or you could do a react fragment to do that. And that's one thing to consider. If you're ever like, you know, you've got a button component where you can say background color or no background color, and you're switching between a touchable without feedback touchable highlight or sorry, touchable highlight, opacity, or native feedback. Uh, that's a consideration you'll have to make is, is this a valid component being passed to my touchable component? Um, so what I typically do whenever I'm building a button component is if it has text If it has a potential to have text and an icon inside of it, just go ahead and wrap that in a view um, because it is just kind of a weird difference between the two APIs.
0: Yeah, I want to go on a limb and say that's touchable opacity since that's the only one I've really used. And um, I had a panel that slid up and I wanted you to be able to touch it to close. And I remember having to wrap everything Mm -hmm. into a view. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the one.
1: Yeah, so that's pretty much all I've got on touchables. Quick episode, uh, just kind of. Diving into those again. It's one of those little things that it it makes a difference uh, when people are looking at your app and testing it out
0: Hey, I have a quick really funny update from last episode. So we were talking about vim Mm -hmm. and vi and how You know, you just use it to edit commit messages and I use it whenever I ssh in but I always have to look up or Google different uh, commands because I can never remember them and I said I always have to Google show number, you know, colon or no, it's a slash show number or whatever. (laughs) I was wrong. It's actually set number. So even in that brief moment of false confidence I had in the other episode, I was clearly (laughs) incorrect. So see, I I just can't remember this stuff. So I just when I was editing the podcast, I just thought that was really, really funny.
1: I don't know. But there's just so many commands. And like, it's always amazing to watch someone who is very competent in using that. And just like flying around in their editor without ever moving their hands it seems like and yeah i don't know i just i'm always amazed by the skill people have
0: yeah i come um from the php laravel sort of community and there are a couple people that have installed the vim key bindings in php storm or in vs code and that's like the first thing they do as soon as they install a new editor they go look Mm -hmm. for that plugin and then um If it isn't fully featured, they add a bunch of, you know, keystrokes and they edit that and sort of flesh that out. Interesting. I just, that's just not me. Yeah. Nope. I think it's, I think it's pretty neat that you can not touch the mouse. Yeah.
1: Good for avoiding carpal tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. Right.
0: But I just wanted to make that correction. I just thought that was, I actually laughed out loud when I was (laughs) editing the podcast and I was like, I don't think it's that. And then I looked it up and sure enough, I was wrong but I'm man enough to admit that I was wrong. Nice. It's all good. Exactly. If you guys have any questions, feel free to tweet us at RNNerds. Sorry, that's RNNerds. (laughs) So Twitter has a 15 character (laughs) limit and guess how many characters are in React Native Nerds? Yes, 16. (laughs) What happens then is Twitter will go ahead and take his best guess to what you really wanted as your Twitter handle. And um, unfortunately, RNN podcast was taken because it's the religious news network podcast, um, and we really couldn't come up with. You know, we didn't want to be React Native nerd because there's two of us, so uh, we ended up with RN Nerds. However, if you are in Twitter and you type in at React Native Nerds, I think it it'll auto suggest the proper Twitter handle for you. So send us suggestions okay. for topics you want to hear about comments, corrections. If uh, we're way off
1: base, please let us know. Yeah. Thanks so much for joining us. We'll see you in the next episode. See you guys later. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for listening. You can get show notes and leave comments at reactnativenerds.com.